Hey, Headbangers, this is Rudy Sarzo, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Tim Ripper Owens. You're listening to Iron City Rocks. And this is Scott Coogan, drummer from Ace Frehley and Lynch Mob, and you're listening to John on Iron City Rocks. Rock and roll. Oh! Hello and welcome to episode 121 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John. The Iron City Rocks podcast is a podcast devoted to promoting Pittsburgh's rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues music scene. Episode 121, we've got a couple things for you. We've got an interview with Scott Coogan, drummer of Ace Fraley's band and also the Lynch Mob. Uh, Lynch Mob was in Pittsburgh uh, the beginning of August and we had a chance to sit down and chat with him about how the tour was going, how things were with Ace, uh, a new drum endorsement deal that he had with Crush Drums. So it's a pretty interesting chat, so we thought we'd bring that to you. Also, we've got the second in our producer series featuring Tony of Total Music and Entertainment, uh, a great local uh, product. And also, we got a lot of positive feedback on the first segment. Uh, and I did fail to mention the last show, his website is tmentertainment.com. That's the letter T, the letter M, and then the word entertainment.com. So we'll get into the second of that series. I still have a long way to go on that, so we're kind of breaking it up over the episodes. And then we've got uh, singer uh, extraordinaire Tim the Ripper Owens. Uh, You remember the name as the guy who uh, went from obscurity to fame being named the replacement to Rob Halford and Judas Priest. He will be coming into Pittsburgh in September to play with a band called Dio Disciples, which is a project that was put together by Wendy Dio, Ronnie James Dio's um, wife. And it's a project basically to celebrate the music of Ronnie. So it's essentially Ronnie's uh, last kind of surviving band uh, with Tim on vocals. So we're going to talk to him about that. Also, he's got a, a great new restaurant out in Akron, Ohio, which is not far away. So we talk about all things about that. So we're going to start off with the interview with Scott, and then we'll get into the next segment. All right, folks, it's Aaron and John, and we're hanging out with Scott from Lynch Mob. How are you doing, Scott? I'm good, John. How are you? Wonderful, How wonderful. How's the tour going thus far? It's great. Um, we um, have a singer filling in for Oni that's doing very well, um, Chaz West, who I, I know from Los Angeles. Um, uh, he does a... He was in Bonham, and he does a Zeppelin, the Zeppelin thing, the Rar Play thing, very well. But he's been filling in for Oni. It's been going very well. Um, I don't really want to get into the whole Oni thing. Maybe yeah, uh, certainly understand. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but it's going very well, and um, we're all getting along and having a great time. We always get along. We, you know, we, it's very relaxed. It's very, um, you know, we talk during between the songs. We talk and we joke with each other and stuff. So you kind of get a vibe of um, of how we are personally, you know, because we're. We're kind of nervous about not having Oni, but sure. at the same time, so we're just kind of relaxing into it and just having a good time. So it's been really fun. The turnouts have been really good too. So yeah, I it's think been a lot really of people fun. Are, are anxious to mm-hmm. see you guys. Yeah, um, you are still doing duty with Ace on the road as well. Yes. So you're kind of weaving two different tours almost. That's right. 
Well, there, I just have a few fly-out things with Ace, a few weekends. Um, you know, um, we're doing Montana, a festival in Montana this weekend coming up. And then we have um, August 25th um, flying out. The, the Lynch Rock tour will be over by then, I believe. Okay. But um, I'm not going to be able to do I think they're going to be in L.A., actually, so I can't do the L.A. shows, like, you know, local things. Sure. Um, but um, I'm going to be going to um, Detroit to open up for um, Alice Cooper wow. with Ace. So when we've played with Ace, uh, we've played with Alice before um, um, on Halloween, what was it, two years ago at the Nokia in L.A., Whoa. where the three band members wore Ace makeup and Ace did it. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty cool. And um, it was a big show. A lot of a lot of my friends, local guys, you know, I see over the years have been like, "Oh, I saw your show open up for Alice. It was great." So yeah, that was a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, I'm just kind of ducking out and doing some things. They have guys subbing for me with Lynch Mob on those because uh, there are a few dates. There's a date opening up for Mr. Big with Lynch Mob opening up for Mr. Big that somebody's going to do. I think they're kind of getting local guys, mm-hmm. you know, to do it. Robbie knows everybody and their yeah. brother, so. Yeah, he probably um, seems to have that kind of personality. He does, yeah, yeah. Um, you have a new uh, kid out on the road. You want to I do, a I do. That? I've just recently been endorsed by um, Crush Drums, C-R-U-S-H. Um, there are two friends of mine that um, were working at D-Drum and um, moved uh, uh, from D-Drum and started a new drum company called Crush. And I just got my, I call them my baby blues. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a Blue Sparkle, beautiful drum kit. Um, um, I, they're out of Tampa, so we were just in Florida with Lynch Mob, and um, I was able to see Rick and, um, and uh, pick up my drums. So I've been, just been playing. This will be my fourth night playing them. So, okay. yeah. It's a little warm down here, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> we're down in the dressing room at the uh, Altar Bar in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So try, trying to get the interview in between bands. Yeah, we're trying to get the noise down. Um, now the drums themselves, um, are these available to public yet, or are these... Um, you know what, I was asking Rick about that. Um, he has some, I know Musician's Friend has just picked them up, um, and some some other stores. Um, hopefully I want to see them, you know, getting into Guitar Center and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I know they will, it's just a matter of time. They're a brand new company. Sure. They just, they really rushed to get into NAMM last year, and they got Best New Company okay. uh, at NAMM, which was pretty cool. Okay. So... Um, yeah, so they're they're great guys, great drums, and it's nice to be a part of the family. So I'm very uh, very proud, very honored. The shells are absolutely gorgeous Aren't they? on this kit. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about like the wood, the construction? They're like, American the maple. Okay. And um, they're um, pretty big. Oh, the band just started. <laughs> um, and um, I actually had this kit made to use with Ace. It's, that's why it has the blue yeah. color to to match Ace. But. Um, they're all, all maple drums. Um, I'm going to be getting a, a new snare drum soon, a, a metal snare, um, which I like to use live, but this snare sounds great. Um, and I have a 13, 16, 18, and a 24. And um, I also endorse their hardware as well. So Yeah, I saw that. Uh, you were checking out the hardware, yeah. the double brace stuff. Yeah. It's amazing. And that's, that, that's not their top of the line yet either. So they're still, like I said, they're brand new and they're working on stuff. And So they threw a bunch of hardware at me and said, try it and see, whatever breaks, let us know. And, to perfect it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so far, everything's been great. So. Excellent. Mm-hmm. So you have... What but they are beautiful. It's beautiful oh wood. Goodness, yeah, really nice. And, and they sound amazing, too. Like a sound check that we caught. Yep. Man. Yep. They just, they've got like the right amount of punch. Snap. Yep. Attack. Oh, yeah, attack. Yeah. Warm, but with attack. And yeah, they're great. Yep. Very happy. Very happy that it, that it worked out to, to, be, able, to be in Tampa and, and, to, and to see the warehouse and stuff. Because last time I was out here with Ace, we played it for opening um, after the Tampa Bay Lightning game, 
Um, and Rick came out. That was when I first met Rick from Crush. Okay. Uh, that's not true. I met him when he was with D-Drum. But first time we actually got to know each other. We spent two days together, really. And because um, uh, we came in for a rehearsal before that um, to Tampa. And um, But this time I got to see the warehouse and stuff like that. And, and actually steal some drums from him. <laughs> my baby blues right two, you know what we say we say two and a half years in the making because yeah. <laughs> you know we we've i've known rick for for two and a half years and he's want, wanted to get me on board for so long and, and i wanted to as well but they were in the middle of shifting over from d drum to crush so yeah, yeah so two and a half years in the making we finally did it so yeah yeah you've got what about three weeks left on this tour no, no. um Oh, maybe. I don't know. What's the date? <laughs> Today's the 9th. Yeah, maybe two weeks. Okay. Two weeks, yeah. So you've so. got a really tight schedule. I do. And we've been playing every single night. This is our ninth show in a row. And we have 11. We have two more. Actually, tomorrow in Akron, I think that something, it's kind of a jam thing. I know Ripper okay. Owens is coming out. Oh, excellent. You're playing at Ripper's restaurant, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. What is that? He's got, uh, and I apologize for all of you fans out there in Ohio. Well, that's your own fault, but oh. uh, the, the Ripper has a, um, I think it's like a brew pub or something like that. I yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen that. He's from Akron originally. That's right. So, um, but he's going to come out and jam with us, oh, and um, awesome. hopefully Chaz won't try to come out and, um, and upstage him and, um, and, and <laughs> take a break that night because. Don't try it out. I mean that in the nicest way, but um, because he, um, you know, it's, it's hard. I don't know how Chaz is doing it, singing every night. It's. I'm a horse right now. You can hear because I lead sing. I lead sing. Uh, Let the music be your master off of um, um, Smoke and Mirrors. Okay. And we do. We extend the whole middle, and we have a long jam. It's really cool. Um, George does his thing, you know, and we break it up. You know, break it down and build it up, and it's a lot of fun. But I mean, I'm horse from singing you know, harmonies and sure. you know nine nights in a row, and you know Chaz is singing full blast every night. I don't know how he does it, but he's he's you know, he's uh, conditioned. To yeah. do that, you know, so. Yeah. But so. Yeah, trying to sing Heaven Comes Down every night, that's the yeah. task. Right, right. Yeah, okay. we do we do a lot of docking tunes too. Yeah. We do um, as well as Lynch Mob. It's probably like 40, 40% dock and 60 Lynch Mob, so. Yeah. Okay, well, I don't want to keep it any longer. I know okay, get some I'm going to go get a nap and, right. um, and then come back and rock, so. All right, kick our ass. Thank you, All John. Right. All right, thank Good you see so much. You. Okay. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Okay. I always wanted to learn to play guitar, but never had the time. Then I heard about Progressions Music Studio. Progressions introduced me to an entirely new and convenient method of music instruction. They brought the music to me. The instructors from Progressions Music Studio came to my home with their knowledge and expertise, which saved me time and money. They worked around my schedule and tailored a program around my needs and skill level. Best of all, I learned to play music like a guitar king of the 1960s. We didn't spend all of our time with drills or tunes from the 1860s. Progressions Music Studio offers a lot more than guitar. In fact, they have instructors for almost all instruments. Now I can rock it out on my electric like never before. Just imagine what they can do for you or the budding musician in your family. Don't make excuses. Make music. Check them out on the web at progressionsmusicstudio.com. That's P-R-O-G-R-E-S-S-I-O-N-S, musicstudio.com. Or call 724-777-4678. So I guess we'll start with the first question here. What are the top five duties of a producer? Oh, the top five duties of a producer. Hmm. Well, let me see if I can come up with five. (laughs) Basically, you're supposed to oversee the entire project. You should have a knowledge of every aspect of the industry. 
So if a band comes in and wants to hire a producer to make an EP, that producer should know how to do that. Get the band to the studio, what kind of studio uh, he needs, the equipment. Um, the producer should know, you know, how to write a song, how to play an instrument. You know, he should have some musical knowledge. Uh, I think a producer really should be a motivator. You know, um, if you're... If you're a really conceited person or your ego is just like horrible, you're not really going to motivate people. And that's what the producer does. I mean, the producer is often the extra member of the band. And a good producer uh, will usually get songwriting points, uh, points off of the record, because their influence in that is so great. Uh, they might have um, an input on how your band sounds, um, how the songs are, the order, even helping you finish songs. So the producer's role is probably the most important aspect, but most overlooked, um, especially from younger bands, because they think, well, the engineer at this recording studio will produce us, or we'll go in and produce ourselves. And sometimes, again, especially with new, newer bands, and bands that are friends, like close friends that grew up in the same neighborhood, if you're producing yourselves, you know, you might play a part that's bad, think it's good, but the band member who has been designated the quote-unquote producer might say, do that again. And you start getting resentment. You start getting these, like, little childish, uh, you know, banners back and forth. Well, then you do it or something like that. So it's really not creative. It's not conducive to uh, getting the job done. And that's what the producer has to do. He has to keep the flow going. If you're not going to get that song that day, well, let's move on to another one. If the studio guy's flaking out, you've got to know how to get them songs off of his computer onto another one quick. <laughs> uh, if the record label or the band wants to put out an EP, he has to know, you know, you can't have the bass like boom, boom. It's got to sound flat. It's got to be ready to go to a radio uh, or a DJ or something like that. So he really has to take control of everything so the role of the producer is everything <laughs> it sounds like they're they're really a, a project manager and i never thought of them like that before they sure are you know and the thing is <clears throat> i get a lot of people who come to the studio here and say i'm a producer and i'm like okay and they might have sang or or rapped over some tracks and stuff and i'm like well that's good but you know the, the vocals way out or the instruments are way out. And I'm like, you know, you should get uh, that remixed or, you know, if you're thinking about coming in here, you know, we should get the tracks so we can separate them more and, and whatnot. And what will happen is that producer will be like, I rapped over my friend's tracks or I leased tracks. And, and that's not what a producer does. That's what a songwriter does. You know, uh, if you can't get your tracks from your machine to my machine or in a way that we can uh, collaborate. Um, you're not a producer, you're a songwriter. And there's nothing wrong with that, okay? Uh, but this, the term producer is so overused. Anybody who writes a song seems to be a producer nowadays. But um, um, I'd say the biggest thing is... Uh, you have to be technically inclined to get that stuff uh, 
done beforehand so that you can get your project uh, in the best capable hands to do whatever needs to be done. Does it need to be recorded? Does it need to be mixed? Um, if you can't do that, and you're not really servicing yourself, you're, you're kind of just like screwing yourself. And if you're using lease tracks, that's like disaster because what happens when you go to release it, <laughs> you've got to pay this guy a higher lease, and sometimes when they find out what's up, they'll jack up the price. So the producer ensures that you know, all the music's cleared, it's yours, and uh, you should do the same if that's what you're doing. There's really a lot more that goes into that than I realized. Now, touching on the one where you said that everyone thinks that they're a producer, it, 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 I kind of started making an interesting observation a while back. I kind of wanted to get your thought on this. Do you think that the, the perception of what a producer does has changed due to the nature of pop music with like rap and R&B and that explosion? Hmm. Well, that's a pretty good question, but... Now, the producer's role's always been the same and always will be. The producer can be an artist. Uh, there are certainly tremendous artists. Um, Timberland comes to mind, uh, just to use a hip-hop reference. Uh, you can use uh, Eddie Kramer, Mutt Lang, and The Rock. You know, incredible musicians, great songwriters, uh, tremendous motivators. Um, very technically inclined, like... Um, you know, can can make things happen. If uh, if something's sounding wrong or the engineer's having a bad day, the producer can, like, jump in. So, in a sense, the producer, in the um, professional sense, has always been the same and should always and will always be the same. Uh, in fact, the producer, especially nowadays, uh, with record labels being less and less involved in the process, uh, is is just mega important, you know? Uh, but as far as like the more like um, beginning role or, or like local band or something like that, yeah, I think the perception of a producer is, um, you know, if I can write a song on my computer, I'm a producer. But if I can't get that song off of my computer to say a real studio or somebody who can help me refine it, you're still just a songwriter. And, and that's where I think a lot of the um, misconception comes in. When you tell me that you're a producer and you have a song, but I can't get it off my computer, I mean, that's not, you know, that's not really helping because I'm thinking that you're going to have that ability. <laughs> if you're telling me you're a producer, then you should know how to do that. But um, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, understanding your limitations. Like, I'm a good songwriter. I can work good with a computer. I would like to be a producer someday, but right now I'm a good songwriter uh, or I'm a good songwriter who's very technically inclined. Well, and, and again, it's kind of bringing up an interesting point here. About, I think it was about 10 years ago, I got to go to, to um, the NAMM show out in California. It was the 100th anniversary show. And they had, um, Jimmy Jam was there. Jimmy Jams, and then... I've met I, Jimmy Jam. I met Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, yeah. Yeah, he's a really, really good guy. And I, yeah. I can't remember the name of the other guy. Um, I know Probably Terry Jim. Lewis. Well, no, it wasn't, it wasn't Jimmy Jam's partner. It was, it was um, Dion Warwick's son. I know that. Okay. I can't remember his name. But so <clears throat> they were talking. Uh, they were talking about it. And, and Jimmy Jam was talking about Janet Jackson's album. And 
when they talk about their role as producer, they really sounded more like songwriters and sound shapers than like the project management aspect of it, which I really think has been overlooked in the last few years. Well, you, know, made, you made a very important statement there. I'm sorry, I don't mean to jump on you. But no, when you ahead. said sound shaper, okay, that's yeah. a producer. Songwriter is a songwriter. But when you can take that song and shape it and make it consistent over 10 or 12 songs, then you're a producer. Okay. Yeah, I, I, that, that talk that I witnessed has really stuck with me over the last 10 years. It was, it was neat to see their perspective on the industry. And um, it was funny how Jimmy Jam was there, and then there were two or three other guys that, that did studio work, and all three of them had been sampling some of Jimmy's earlier work to use as like, snare sounds for, for their current <laughs> stuff. It was, it was kind of funny how that worked. No doubt, no doubt. Right, well, they, so, I mean, they, they were innovators in, uh, in early hip-hop. Yeah, yeah, really were. But what are some other things to consider when choosing a producer? Like, what, what, you know, if I'm a band looking for the producer to, to do this EP, what, what should I look for? Well, again, I'd say the same thing applies to a producer as it does a recording studio. Experience, can you get demos of this guy's work? Does he really know what he's doing? Does he know how to work in a studio? Uh, can he write songs? Can he finish songs? Um, are you comfortable with him? Is he a cool dude to work with? You know, that's really what you are, a cool person. I'm sorry. We don't want to think all producers are, are men, even though, I mean, I've been in this business a long time, and, and there are very few women producers out there. But um, experience, are you comfortable with him? And is he somebody that's going to get the job done, or is he just going to like kind of like, work with you and then when things get tough uh you know is he going to walk away because you're always going to get uh, like a roadblock or some something in the road there and the producer's job is to help you guys work through it so uh if you got somebody like that man, you better just hang with them all right a giant thanks goes out to tony of tm entertainment that's uh, again total music entertainment uh, tm entertainment.com and uh, also want to thank Scott Coogan uh, for spending some time with us uh, backstage at the Lynch Mob show. Uh, it was great to get a chance to talk to him in person. As many of you know, we had him on episode, I believe it was 110, uh, as he was preparing to come to Pittsburgh to play with uh, Ace Fraley. So it was cool to, to meet him in person and do a little chat. So next up, we have uh, the man who filled Rob Halford's shoes, uh, Tim the Ripper Owens. Be coming to Pittsburgh with the Dio Disciples. Uh, talk about filling shoes. He will be stepping into the spot that was occupied by Ronnie James Dio uh, and doing a night of Dio music, including Rainbow, Black Sabbath, Heaven and Hell, uh, whatever you want to call it, Tuesday, September 27th at the Altar Bar with special guests, Sacred Dominion, uh, a great band, Deflehem, uh and Xander Demos. All three of those bands have been on the show uh, in various episodes through uh, the years, so going to be a great night, uh, kind of an all-star metal event. Uh, Xander uh, will hopefully be doing the show with us very soon uh, to talk about his guitar wizardry. So, without further ado, we're going to play a song that Ripper Owens sang with Ingve Malmsteen on his latest solo album, Relentless. This song is called Critical Mass from the album Relentless, which is available now on iTunes. Then we're going to get into an interview we did with Tim Ripper-Owens. Oh, 
What's my name? The Ripper! All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome to the show Tim Ripper Owens. How are you doing, Tim? I'm good. How are you? Doing great, great. Hey, uh, you guys are coming into Pittsburgh uh, to do the Dio's Disciples show uh, later in September, but we wanted to get a chance to uh, kind of catch up with you and uh, kind of talk to you one-on-one about your career and then uh, get an explanation of the Dio project. Um, you were originally from Akron, Ohio, and uh, it, it kind of pains me to ask this question, but I was curious if you had early in your career had any uh, interaction with Janie Lane, who is also from Akron. You know, I never really did. The, the funny thing is everybody around me, all my musician friends and mm-hmm. uh, uh, friends to, to date now, all uh, had run-ins with him. Oh, well, extra friends with him. I had run-ins with him, and, and we you know, became music kind of friends. Sure. And, uh, and, you know, not even, it's funny, not even like he'd be a local guy, but I, I met him in one. Actually, opened up for Judas Priest at one show. Oh, okay. Did. And uh, and we played a couple of shows together, and uh, you know we would we would see each other passing at some events. But mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I own a uh, a restaurant here in Akron called Rip Rowan's Tap House, and we my partner was was a good friend when he was younger with with Jamie. So uh, and a lot of people around here were, were friends with him. He was a good guy. Yeah, I thought he was. He's a uh, was four or five years older than you, I believe. So, you know, it's kind of a, and I think they kind of, you know, he was probably already in L.A. when you kind of came of age into the music world. Um, obviously, you, you kind of became a household name in the metal circle, with your stint with Judas Priest. Um, question I had there, uh, your thoughts, if any, on the, the Epitaph tour, um, you know, and them kind of calling it quits on the road? Well, you know, the funniest weird thing, I should say, the funniest weird thing is I, I hear different stories now. Now I, I've heard that they're not calling it quits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, you know, I think, in my honest opinion, I would think that they would call it quits when Ken is in the band. Yeah. You know, uh, KK's in the band. I think with, with him stepping aside and, and retiring, I think it, it left a, a strange feeling to call it a, a, the you know end of the day, you know. Yeah. You know what? They're great guys. We're great friends. Um, you know, Rob and, and everybody, you know, and, uh, you know, I talk every now and then to Glenn and, and Scott and Ian and, you know, listen, they've been at it a long time. They, they've, you want to just, uh, sometimes you want to settle down. Most people at most normal jobs and, and, uh, whatever they do in their life would, would retire as well. Sure. At their at, at their age when you, when they get there and you know what what why not them sure you know yeah I, you know as we're speaking today is Rob's 60th birthday so if, if there's a guy who deserves to maybe start to take it easy a little bit but he, he doesn't seem to slow down no I, think. I I know Rob <laughs> I know Rob and I'm telling you he won't he won't slow down he's yeah. not gonna slow down yeah I think no I mean you know what he's he's the metal guy he's never he enjoys I think Rob's Enjoys doing it, so I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I think he'll continue on. Yeah, I mean, he seems to have a, a kind of wisely established a brand with Halford, and he's got Metal God Apparel, and, and yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't think there's any time of him slowing down. And then you, you moved on and did a stint with Ice Earth, and had a very almost a similar experience where they brought back the original vocalist, and, and you moved on, and then. You've done and you've done even very recently albums with Ingvay Malmsteen. How did you get 
uh, into the Ingve Mountain camp? How did that relationship form? Well, you know, Ingve and I kind of talked uh, ever since I did a song with him. I did a song with Mr. Crowley with him years ago. And, you know, we kind of, I was in Jewish Priest at the time, and in passing, we would kind of uh, say we should work together someday. And you know what? It, it, when uh, when I left Ice Earth, it, it became available, and I thought, you know, why not do this? The joining Ice Earth was was a different fan base for me. Certainly. You know, it was uh, uh, new fans and different people, and and it was it was nice to do, and it was kind of the same situation with Inga. I mean, Inga's fan base is totally different for me, really, as well, than, than mine with Beyond Fear and Judas Priest. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I decided to do it, and, and it's been a great thing. You know, I have a lot of fun with him, and uh, made some great albums, and, uh, you know, it's a good time. Do you, at, at any point in, in the future, I know um, Ingve had an album come out, uh, I believe it was last year at this point, um, do you guys plan on going on the road at all with, with The Relentless? Well, we'll get I'm, he's going to be doing a tour in, uh, right after the Dio Disciples tour. He's touring. Oh, okay. and, uh, I don't think he's coming to Pittsburgh, though. But, no, not, no. Uh, but I'm going to be singing with him, and we're going to be doing some dates. And, uh, so oh, I awesome. go right from the Dio Disciples and, and do a tour with Ingve. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, so yeah, we need to get the get on people to get the Ingve into Pittsburgh, because that, that would be a, a great experience to see you guys together. It was a very cool. I remember when Perpetual Flame came out. I was like, this, you know, you, you, you kind of have your doubts when you hear a vocalist you know in one context and a guitarist you know in, in another context. And when they come together and it works, it's great. You know, like Sammy Hagar and Joe Satriani. You know, a little skeptical when you hear about the project, but when you hear it works, you know, it's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Right now, you you mentioned the tap house. How did you get into the restaurant business? Well, you know what it's. I'm a hometown guy in Akron, Ohio. I've been there my whole life. But, mm-hmm. You know, I, I travel a lot during the year. I mean, I, I, probably, I tour more now around the world than I have ever had in my life. And, you know, coming home, I have a lot of stories. And, I'm, you know, I have a lot of friends here. And I, I went to this restaurant and known my partner there for a while at the restaurant. And I decided, listen, we kind of talked about, hey, maybe we should partner up and, and go in there together and uh uh, you know, so I bought half of it, and uh, we became we became partners. And it's an it's an amazing place. I mean, you know, we just had uh, L.A. Guns there, and, and Bullet Boys is there this Sunday, and tonight is is we had Lynch Mob there the other day, and uh, the singer from Steelheart. So we have, but the main thing about this place is the food and the and the ambiance and and the rock memorabilia, but you know, Jewish Priest guitars on the wall and Pantera, hanging drum set. It's a really wonderful place. And we have some people that come there from, uh, from, um, Pittsburgh, uh, friends of ours who come in and, uh, he's, you know, he's a, he, he drums for a band there in Pittsburgh called Order of Nine. And, okay. you know, it's, uh, yeah, so they come in a lot. They're really, it's a great place. And I just decided to, you know, listen, I'm, a, I'm, I know so many people around Akron and in Kimmel where I grew up in Cleveland. It just made sense to kind of have this place and uh, you know strive on having a place with great food, you know. So we've done it. Yeah, I know. I I, I spoke with um, Scott of the Lynch Mob, the drummer, uh, the night there in Pittsburgh, and he was coming to your place the next night. And, and those guys were pretty keyed up to play there, you know, to know they were going to you know get the chance to jam some songs with you. You know, it's kind of made. 
you know, I imagine a lot of booking agents take a look at Akron a little more seriously now. Well, and you know what about this place, though, to, to tell you, it's not your, it's not an altar bar, probably. It's not, it's mm-hmm. not a place that's a total place to have bands. It's a small, intimate menu mm-hmm. that we tell the bands, just, listen, you're going to come here. I mean, when 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 uh, the singer from Steelheart played tonight, we didn't even charge a cover. You know, mm-hmm. if we if we could get a band in there, Anvil's playing here in a couple of mm-hmm. weeks. You know, Eddie Trunk's coming to do a book signing from that metal show, him and Don, and we're going to do Stump the Trunk and all that stuff on stage. But we don't. We're we're an intimate menu, so when bands come in, it's a special show for them. You know, when yeah. Lynch Mott walks in, they're going to go, "Holy crap! Look at this! This is a small place." But then. You know, it's a fun vibe. It's a special show. It's Rip Rowan's Tap House. Uh, you know, I got up there at Lunch Mob and did, fi- I ended up doing five songs, you know, so I mean, I, I didn't even know him. I didn't even know I was going to do it till that day, so yeah. it was kind of a. Yeah, that, that but was. But it's a great vibe, and LA Guns there this Sunday was unbelievable. They're so good. That's the second time they've played there in about three, three months, and both times they sold out, which is about 200 people, 150, mm-hmm. about 200 people. Wonderful vibe, and it's a, it's a it's a great place, you know. And Larry, that's the the board family. Larry Board is my friends from Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. who we met who, because they started to come here. Anytime I would do an acoustic show, they they would come up with all their friends. So, sure. you know, we have some we have people come here all the time. We have a girl come here a few times a week from Columbus. We last week we had Indianapolis, Toronto, uh, Baltimore. Uh, it's really funny these people coming Cincinnati they were here last week from Cincinnati so it's a, you know all over yeah you're making it kind of a cool you know in the Midwest I think a lot of times you know it's, it's Pittsburgh and, and Akron and Canton and even Cleveland sometimes we get overlooked and now you're giving us kind of a a mecca of metal to come to, so it's a it's a great yeah. thing. How did you? Um, I, I know you're currently being managed by Wendy Dio. Is that a true statement? I am. Yes. I, okay. Uh, How did I, you get involved with her? And, and how did you get involved with the Dio Disciple project? Well, the thing with, with Wendy was, I met Ronnie, we became friends. Uh, I met him in probably 97, and uh, it was just, you know, became friends after that. Uh, wonderful, just a wonderful guy. And he, I, you know, I met Wendy quickly, but then when I was going to release uh, the Beyond Fear CD, I signed to... Um, SPV Records, and I, I decided to look for a management, so I sent a cassette tape of, of my demos to Wendy Dio. Oh, this was in 2000 and uh, probably 2005, I guess. Okay. Um, and uh, she called me back. She was the only person sent it to her. She called back. She said, you know what? I'm, I'm interested in, in uh, managing you. We, have a, we didn't go to the studio. We were going in the studio. She would like to come up in the studio in Florida and see you. And, uh, you know, Ronnie said that if I manage, I told him I didn't want to manage anybody. Ronnie said that I think I should, you really should manage Ripper. I think he's a great guy and a great singer. And, you know, we, we got it off. And, you know, Wendy is just, uh, just an amazing, amazing person. Really. Yeah. She's just great. So I'm, I'm really lucky to, to have Wendy around me. Yeah, no. With that, Dio Disciples, you know, she was like, listen, I need, I want to do something to celebrate Ronnie. I want to do something to celebrate his music, to keep it out there live when people can see it live and, mm-hmm. and hear it live. It's going to be around all the time on, on the albums, you know, and, and the videos and the DVDs. But you know what? To, to hear that live is just, 
you know, it's a different type of thing, you know. I mean, and and she wanted to do it and wanted to make it, uh, you know, really uh, be official. And, and, you know, with with Ronnie's band and, and somebody singing like, like myself who Ronnie liked and, and would want doing it, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, when you guys um, do a set list, is this, you do sort of a Grace Hits a Deal, or is there some Sabbath, or I'm sorry, Heaven and Hell thrown in there? Well, you could say Sabbath. I mean, there was life well, <laughs> that was Sabbath. Yes, of course, we have a Sabbath and Rainbow and and, and Ronnie. So we have uh, we have it all. You know, we try to do uh, you know do exactly what that you'd want to hear. You know, the problem is you can't play everything. Oh, certainly. Uh, so that's kind of the, the difficult thing. But you know, we try and we try to do as we possibly can. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to admit, I can't think of anybody better qualified to step into the vocal shoes of a legend uh, than yourself. I mean, you have had the ultimate trial by fire with Priest, um, you know, so this is a, a great honor to be, you know, kind of the endorsed person to step in and, and be the vocalist for this project. Um, is this strictly just a, a touring thing? Is there, There's no plans to record anything or anything like that? Not as of now, there isn't. I mean... You know, the big thing is I'm so swamped as it is, you know, mm-hmm. uh, touring solo. I mean, most of the time I tour solo, and and uh, so I'm pretty swamped. Mm-hmm. Um, but so right now I think we're just constantly on trying to go out and celebrate it, you know. I mean, that's, sure. that's kind of the goal. Excellent. Okay, and again, you guys are coming in on September 27th. You're going to be doing the Altar Bar, yep. which uh, I'm sure you're familiar with in Pittsburgh. Uh, great venue. Uh, ought to be a great night. Um, you have any idea of roughly how long your set is, just for people's curiosity? Uh, you know, it's usually about an hour and a half. It's practically okay. everything. It's probably over. It's a great set, and it's, uh, you know, it's just an awesome, uh, awesome thing. Awesome. Everybody should come out and enjoy it. Spread the word. This is uh, it's a great tribute, great celebration. Yeah, yeah, I think this will this will pack the place for certain. Well, uh, Tim, I want to thank you for coming on the show. It's It's been a great privilege to talk to you, man. Thank you, and any time, let me know. All right, folks, again, September 27th, Alter Bar. It's a 21 and up show, the Dio Disciples, featuring Tim Ripper Owens on vocals, also Rudy Sarzo, uh, Craig Goldie, I believe, a uh, whole host. They've got a pretty great Facebook page, so if you just search for the word Dio Disciples, you can get all the lowdown on who all is in the band. Special guest that night, Sacred Dominion, Deflehem, and Xander Demo Soa. Really can't go wrong with that show. It's uh, pretty inexpensive, as most of the shows at the wonderful Alto Bar are. So I invite you to get out there and uh, check that out. And again, thank you to Scott Coogan and also Tony of Total Music Entertainment for coming on the show. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you can visit us at ironcityrocks.com, facebook.com forward slash ironcityrocks, twitter.com forward slash ironcityrocks, youtube.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Drop us an email at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. If you're in a band interested in being on the show, hit us up uh, at the email. You know, we're always uh, glad to hear from local bands. Uh, we try to mix bands that will fit well with uh, national artists on the show. So, don't uh, don't be shy. Send us an email and uh, maybe we'll get you on the show. Until next time, I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs>